Alright, alright, alright. What's going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of Off The Dome Radio. So happy to have you joining us today. So, we have our nice weekend chop up. I had a pretty cool experience at Blink in Cincinnati with my older brother. It's an art show with nothing but lights. Uh, so crazy murals, designed on, designs on buildings, 3D things, pulsing at you, popping out. It was wild. So we talk about our, our weekend there, and then we get into our current events. So Southwest Airlines uh, got rid of a perk that they've had for the last 36 years, and Tim and I discuss how detrimental this may or may not be, and we tried to figure out uh, or uh, theorize why they might have done it because we did not have a clear-cut answer based on the research that we did. Uh, next, I talk about an article written um, by an oncologist that talked about good diet practices to help reduce uh, cancer risks. So we talk a lot of fruits and fruits and veggies and benefits to those. Um, and then for my RLE, Ellen DeGeneres, if you didn't see it, uh, she killed it with kindness. So we get into her video and her friendship with George Bush. And then, as always, finish with some good book talk. Own the day, own your life. We talk about owning it, especially when you're getting owned. Tim, what do you take us today? Yeah, so I talk about an article I read about Mark Cuban. He talked about the biggest mistake that people make when starting a business. So we'll discuss that, how we can kind of apply that to our own podcast and how you can apply it uh, to a new business that you might be starting. Also, a recession might be coming. We don't know when it's going to happen, but in case it does, I talk about three stocks to buy right now or when the recession starts. Three companies that are safe, they're backed by consistent revenue streams, and they will continue to grow and be safe during a tough financial time like the recession. So talk about three of those that you can kind of add to your portfolio or watch list if you're thinking of buying. Um, and well, then someone I, should pay you for those tips, Tim. Yeah. I mean, I do, char- <laughs> I do charge a, a commission if you use this advice. So just, just disclaimer. <laughs> uh, and then I started a new job. So I'm going to talk about what I'll be doing in that position. Uh, I'm still doing my writing gigs, but this will be a really cool experience for me with a growing company. Let's go. And then I end the show talking about a book I'm reading by Grant Cardone called Sell or Be Sold and talk about why people buy from you outside of price. So a really cool discussion whether you're selling a product or selling yourself. So without further ado, enjoy this Tuesday, episode 91. You know what's dumb? Is that Tell me what's dumb. Last weekend it was 90 degrees and this weekend... It was, the temperature was half of that. Yeah, so if I sound a little nasally, the the weather drop kicks my like sinuses and shit. It does sound so, like it. So it's not like seasonal things for me. It's the uh, drastic weather drop mm-hmm. or temperature drop. And I was out this weekend in the cold and did not have a heavy enough coat. So that didn't help my cause. But... Uh, because you yeah. were in Cincy, right? I was in Cincinnati, yeah. So I was visiting my older brother uh, who lives in Cincy. And they have this event. It's called Blink. And it's this art show, but with all lights. Okay. So throughout uh, certain parts of the city, you'll see light murals on sides of buildings and alleyways, things like that. And they'll move. They'll have certain... Uh, ways of moving or they'll make uh, like a photograph of someone or a picture of someone, a drawing, 
So it's it's it varies in what it can do. Or random buildings right in the heart of downtown and different color schemes and uh, 3D images that pop out at you and just do all these crazy movements. So it's like a different art form mm-hmm. than most people are used to seeing. Like it's not just paint. It's it's light. Yeah. But it's these beautiful things happening with light and they move such a certain and particular way that it's it's live action art. And was this all over uh all over Cincinnati or just over in the over the Rhine part? So there was like Washington Park, uh over the Rhine. So there were some different areas and then we went all the way down to the river. Okay. And like the bridge there was lit up doing cool things. Mm-hmm. And there were a few things closer to the river lit up as well. And then the Ferris wheel was full blown. Certain tops of buildings were having uh, rotating like color schemes on the top if they had neon lights on the top. So the whole city kind of gets into it. It's pretty cool. Certain That's awesome. streets are shut down so you can just walk anywhere you want. And it's, it's cool. So we got used to walking with... Uh, streets closed and then after it ended after like 11 that wasn't the case but we were still walking like we own the place and then mm-hmm. we got honked at a few times it's like guys okay we're not in shutdown streets anymore it's over we need to use sidewalks mm-hmm. but we got so used to it, it's like oh right traffic loss good point about them that's hilarious yeah yeah and that's that like type of art form is so cool because they uh when i went to st louis they have a light show at the Union Station Hotel in okay. St. Louis. It's this big room, and they have the lights on the ceiling, like, moving and on the walls. But there's music with it, too. So that's, like, I mean, it's just, it's such a cool thing to just go and take in. So does it move in sync with the music? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Really cool. I, I would suggest the Union Station Hotel in St. Louis. I would suggest wow. anybody who goes there to go check that out. It's like a, it's like a daily light show there. Oh, every that's ni- sweet. Like, every night. Hmm. So... But yeah, that's cool that you got to see that throughout the city. I feel like that would be awesome to just walk around the city and see that. Yeah, so I've been to it one time before, but this year was just so interactive. Mm-hmm. It, it was awesome. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Glad you got so. to see your brother, too. Yeah, he uh, he's doing well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had a cool group for that on Saturday. We had, I think, like 10 or 11 of us. Mm-hmm. It was super awesome. Just a fun group of people just roaming the city. One girl tracked on her phone that we walked five miles, and a few of us were thinking we had to be closer to eight to ten range mm. that night. Like we walked everywhere. It was I don't know how we just kept going, but we just looked at other cool things happening and then we'd go to the next one and we're like, all right, let's just go to the river and by the time you know it, you're there. So you just keep moving and weaving and bobbing. Mm-hmm. You know. It was funny. One guy was like, All right, guys, we gotta keep moving. It's like merging into uh, city traffic. Let's go. <laughs> I'm like, nice analogy. Like, yeah. I'm down to that. How was your weekend? It was good, man. I saw uh, the Joker movie on Friday night, and I saw Ooh. Hugh Jackman on Saturday night at okay. Baker's Live. So how was the Joker? Let's start the with Joker, that. The Joker. Okay. The Joker, I thought it was it was brilliant. I thought it was really good. It was... Uh, brilliant! I thought Joaquin Phoenix did a really good job of the Joker. I was impressed with... How just the the character of the Joker developed over the course of the movie, mm. like how he, I mean, it was the type of movie where 
like the excitement just built up throughout the movie. It didn't happen in spurts. Like it kind of started off like just like covering his life and his day to day struggles and just him dealing with mental illness and the, the the problem that he has mentally and just people making fun of him and kind of how like these the, some of these events kind of lead up to him finally breaking and he he discovers some stuff about like his mom like how I don't want to spoil anything but yeah. just some some messed up stuff about what happened to him with his mom and his childhood that he didn't even know about huh. and just the combination of things and just how he finally like all the stuff all the foreshadowing you see too as to what made him who he is like in the in the dark knight rises movie yeah. or no dark is that the one he's in? Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight is the with dark. The Heath dark. Knight, yeah, the dark. Yeah, the one. The Joker yeah. movie with Batman. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just interesting seeing all the things that lead up to that, and just the foreshadowing with with Bruce Wayne and his dad, and wow. Everything. So it kind of shows the the build up to what can lead someone to such a dark mental yeah. place. And the the last half hour of the movie is just crazy. Hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and there's a lot of, like mental mental health like lessons to be taken from hmm. it, like mental illness and like. How a lot of people go through like what he was going through like on a daily basis. Yeah, and it's just yeah, it's kind of, it, it's got a depressing aspect to it, yeah. to it too. Like I, I did hear it's me. it's darker. Yeah, it is. Oh, it definitely is. But it's also who was I talking to about this? But it's also a movie just based on him. Mm-hmm. It's not like there's other characters. The Batman's nope. not involved. Things like that. But if you think about some of the language. They had in the Dark Knight, like that was very dark stuff too. Like he was a darker Joker mm-hmm. for sure, mm-hmm. but I think it softened the blow with everything else going on around it. Mm-hmm. Like if it was just that, like there was some dark stuff that he did and said in that movie too. Yeah, but I haven't seen the Joker movie. I'm. I think I'm gonna try to see it this week. I'm really intrigued. Yeah, you because should. you said you told me the other day. Better than Heath Ledger. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I'm such. He a, definitely gives him a run for his money. Like it's, it just seems so real. Like he does a really good job. Yeah. Okay, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Good writing too. I like when it's mm-hmm. like you can, you feel the good writing behind. Yeah. It. Yeah. Def, definitely good, for sure. Ah, that's awesome. Ooh, mm-hmm. got chills. I'm ready to go see it. Yeah, you'll like. I, I think you'll like it. I'll get a group of guys to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got my tattoo touched up. Oh, well, really? not touched up. Finished the inside of my arm. So, if my mom and dad listen to this, they haven't seen or heard about it yet. But mm. just to add a little more meat and potatoes. How to are it, they going to find out? I don't if know. If not listening to this podcast, next summer. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I don't know. It'll it'll probably happen at some point. Yeah. If it does, if it doesn't, either way. Yeah. I think they're more worried about it being up my neck and on my face. Yeah, so I guess now's out, not a, out, out now's not see. a good time to let them know. I'm gonna get a couple of face tats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just so they know. <laughs> what would you get on the on your face? A beard. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I would not ever get a face face tattoo. If I did, man, I don't I don't even know. I've never put thought to this. It's like that little, te- little teardrop. No, I haven't killed anybody. <laughs> Does that mean? Doesn't it mean if it's under your one, your left eye means you've killed someone? If it's under your right eye means someone close to you's died. I've heard a certain side. I don't want to. 
Isn't there a discrepancy though? Isn't one, I, I under one I mean one thing and on the under? I have mean heard that there's a side for each. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have heard that, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, if I were to get a face tat, I'm trying to think where it would where it would be like more on the side of my face. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd put it on my forehead. I think it would be on the side of my face. So I'll start with that. I don't know, or like a mic, right by my mouth. Old school mic. <laughs> yeah, dude. For the yeah, podcast. I'm, I'm a podcaster. Yeah. In case you didn't know. <laughs> I love it. No, man. I'll have to give it some thought. It would definitely be on the side of my face, though. Yeah. For sure. I just... Man. Yeah, good question. Do you have a face tat that you would do? Probably not. No? Do you have an idea on any tattoo that you would do? Or, or not really? Still no, man. I'm not. No. I'm not to that point. If I did, I would think I would go get it. But yeah. I just one of these days, it'll just come to me. Yeah. I feel like it'd be one of those. I mean, I haven't really meditated on it either. I haven't really thought about it like deeply yet. Mm-hmm. I feel like it'll be one of those things that just comes to me. I want it to be a, a message or a Bible verse. That's the one thing I can think of right now. But yeah, just nothing. Nothing sticks out to me right now. I'll go with you. Okay. But it's, it's such a good time. I'll probably. Try to get one at the same time. <laughs> Instagram live for the podcast. He's getting it, boys. Off the dome radio. It's tattoo. happening. It's happening. We could do an interview. We could. What if we? I mean, we're trying to get the tattoo artist. Yeah, I'm guy trying to on get the, on, the, on the podcast. What if we did the interview while he's working on me? <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, very good at multitasking. Probably, you probably wouldn't be able to organize. His I, I think it well. would be better to focus on one or the other at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I'd love to get him on. He's down. I haven't heard back from him for a little bit, but okay. uh, yeah, great artist, amazing human. So, I mean, you don't have to go to him when you do, but is he the only one that cool runs that shop? No, he, there's, I think three other female artists as well. Okay. Yeah. But does he own the shop? No. Okay. He just works there. Yeah. Gotcha. He works out of that. So, I mean, he, yeah, dude, he's really, really good. Mm-hmm. I sent him some just ideas and he kind of made this blend of, of a little bit of everything, and it, yeah, blew my mind. Yeah, it's just like incredible what they can come up with. Yeah, because like as a tattoo artist, like you give them the, the schematics and the specifications, and they can educate you on new designs that you would have never thought of. Yeah, like he is the professional, so I trust his mm-hmm. creativity with it. Yeah, like he's he's done it a few times. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but we had awesome conversations. So like, yeah, it hurts, but. Like, with good stimulating conversation, after a few minutes, like, I get used to it again. So it's like, all right, this is going to suck for a while. Doesn't feel great, but we'll just breathe breathe right through it. Key is breathing. Mm-hmm. And then just, I mean, there's a few times where I might stop talking for a few seconds when he's hitting a, a rough spot, and I'll just breathe a little heavier, but then we're back. Do you try to think of other things? Um, or do you just try to just think of nothing? I start with just focusing on the breath, mm-hmm. and yeah. then I have music in my other ear. So oh, like, okay. I tell I told him I was like, "Hey man, I'm talking to you. Like I'm I'm not trying to drown you out." He goes, "No man, whatever helps." And so if I just stop talking, it, it's cool. He'll just kind of pick up the conversation and keep talking to me, mm-hmm. and then I'll just cl- shut my eyes, start deeper like deep diaphragmatic breaths, those nice long breaths, and then focus on the music and just usually have something screaming at me in my ear. Mm-hmm. Just kind of get me through it like, all right, 
time for time for some hurting. Time for it. Yeah. So, but it's I had a patient tell me I'm like, man, I don't know how I take it. I, I think I take it pretty well, but uh, she was like, well, it's it's meaningful. So you go through a little more, and it doesn't hit you as hard. I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. I'll buy that. They use a numb spray for bigger pieces too. That was pretty nice. Still feel numb it. spray. Yeah, you still feel it, but it really helps. So, yeah, man, I'm excited for the day comes when you get yours. Very excited. Yeah, it'll be a good day. Pumped. So, Tim, what uh, what is going on in the world? Yeah, I have uh, I have a couple things. I have one about entrepreneurship and one about <clears throat> stock market stock. So mm. I'll start with mine, and then how many do you have? You got one or two? I got two. All right, so we'll go back and forth. Yeah. So I read an article off CNBC Make It, and the the title of the article was Mark Cuban's number one biggest mistake that people make when starting a business. Big Mark Cuban fan. Yeah, same. So I'm always paying attention to whatever I see his name in a headline. Um, and he said, what he said was interesting and made me think, uh, just about entrepreneurship in general is he says the number one mistake people make is they think they have to raise money. And what he means by this is by like asking people for, for money and like taking like investors, that's, he says, that's just another poor person that you have to report to. Mm. And it kind of defeats the purpose of like entrepreneurship and reporting to yourself because there are businesses that need investors like that, that need funding but like by doing that it's the trade-up uh it's the trade-off of offering control of your business and he seems to think that the more control you have over a business the more unique you can make it and he says that's the biggest mistake that people see and that's interesting just coming from him like hosting shark tank and and doing that and it's just interesting that he that he hands out money on there but i feel like he's the type of dude that knows how to like help you manage your business but keep it hands off approach to it like he says here um and yeah another thing that like glenn garn said too is you should use your like if you're starting a if you're working a full-time job and like starting your own business he says don't let like your your side business like take away from your performance in your other job but do well in your job and use it as like a funding source for your business mm-hmm. like use that as because that kind of spins it off and does like the motivation motivation to do well in your current job right. and finish strong whenever you decide to leave but use it as a funding source because your current job is your in, your angel investor in your business, which I thought kind of put the two together. So, and in an online age, it's a lot easier to 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 start a business for not as much nowadays. So, I just thought this was an interesting thing, like to bring up for those entrepreneurs out there to listen to this podcast. So, well, I like that, especially the using the full time job to fund fund the side hustle. Mm-hmm. It's actually going to be part of my book talk today, but. Oh, okay. I, I think that's that's so just so beyond real life. That's exactly what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't have to raise any money for what we did. We had to save a little extra, but now we don't report to anyone. Mm-hmm. We run the show and we own everything that we use. Yeah. Unless it's an online software and then we that's just monthly mm-hmm. you know, on the side. But yeah. They're not telling us how to run our business. We ex- utilize that. Exactly. Monthly. Love yeah. Business. So I think that's a great point. And Gary V makes that point too, of not having to raise a bunch of money because he's like, just use the internet. Look at everything mm-hmm. you can do without raising money. So I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And I mean, Mark Cuban stud mm-hmm. just by nature, but um, yeah, I think that's really cool advice and, and like, 
makes sense like to the average bear just oh yeah duh but one of those it's good to keep tapping like hey don't forget this you don't need a lot of money to start Mm -hmm. so i mean spend money make money but you don't need a ton of it yeah instead of going and like straight up asking for like money from people go to these same people and ask for advice like ask for get their knowledge and talk to people who have started their own business without asking people for money as well and just it obviously depends on what type of business you're starting, but it's good to to, to name your priorities and and go, and go after your knowledge first. So yeah, yeah. He's still on Shark Tank, right? Mm-hmm. I know sometimes still, they change up people. Yeah, they're still hammering out episodes. I haven't watched it in a while. I really like that show. Mm-hmm. He always he, Mark Cuban's first question is always what What have your sales been the last three years? That's always like the first question he asks. I love it. They all have show their, me the money. Yeah, they always have their own. They all have their own like identity on that show. It's always cool to see. Yeah. So. Yeah, and there's always uh, someone with the big, like online presence or the TV presence, like mm-hmm. infomercial. Yeah. Like PVC and stuff. Yeah, like Damon John is always about. Oh, how are you distributing your product? How much do you have? Like, how much merchandise do you have? Like sitting because he's. He was in the fashion business and right. turning inventory is a big thing in that. And Lori is always about like, what, what's the quality of the product like? Like what's, what's, I mean, how have people perceived it? Like how has it actually helped? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And Mar- Mark's usually about the sales and the marketing aspect of and everything. The tech guy. God, I just lost his name. He sold a bunch of. I know who tech. you're talking about. I know. Yeah. He's been on there a few times. On, yeah. on the end. He sits on the end. Yeah. Was he I, like an, a big investor in Twitter? He's a, he's a tech like I forget yeah. but he like built and sold a tech firm for like hundreds of millions mm-hmm. but he's very like technical on like the data and the numbers too yeah. like I noticed he's very do you know line by line your your books mm-hmm. and, and what your business is actually doing yeah so and then there's Mr. Wonderful he cracks me up just because how much people get annoyed by him he just cracks me up he's the devil's advocate of that whole group he's yeah. always gonna he's always gonna ask you yeah but he's just let's make more money mm-hmm. how do we milk it as much as we can yeah so i mean yeah to your point they each have their thing but it's god now i just want to watch that for a few hours mm-hmm. they're still they're still hammering out episodes like new episodes now yeah so i think i'll probably uh start watching some of that I always love looking at like what the business is doing now because sometimes I watch like old ones mm. and like following like what they're doing on social media now and because sometimes they do they strike deals on there and don't end up like f- signing off on it they 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 give that disclaimer at the beginning of the show yeah so I just always find it interesting to see which ones actually panned out and so for on average what do you notice do you notice the business seemingly to do well or have you seen both sides? When you've kind of um, watched the old one and then seen how the business is doing now, most of the time they're doing well. I mean, I feel like one out of every like ten end up like flopping. But gotcha, yeah, yeah. At that pretty point, good success at, rate. If they partner up with one of them and they don't be successful, I feel like it's just a matter of the quality of the product or service and, and the actual like need for it. Yeah, and maybe like the the shark that invested didn't really forecast like what kind of like it not being good enough need yeah. or something or That's did how... you pick the best deal yeah or did you just like the person who offered it right right because that i always find it interesting which one they partner with because sometimes they have multiple offers on the table because so. like is that your niche yeah i like you fan of you but mm-hmm. this is the business hmm interesting 
That's cool that you kind of check up after and see what they're doing. Yeah. I know sometimes they'll do clips at the end. Yeah. Of like success you know, stories. Maybe 16, 18 months later, mm-hmm. but which is cool, but not, not all the time. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. So Southwest, uh, I read a headline. They got rid of a perk that they've had for the last 36 years. And what they did, they removed the senior fares uh, that they had for people ages 65 or older that had certain discounts and, and perks that go along with, with that age bracket. And I guess one of the spokespeople from Southwest was quoted, after careful evaluation of the overall fare product, we've made the decision to sunset the senior fare option. What a choice of word, sunset. Right, right. And that's exactly what the article said. It's like, oh, no, we're not canceling anything. We're just, it's been sunsetted, like peacefully sunsetted. And I'm like, man, just like destroying it. And so within the article, there wasn't really valid reason given, which I thought was interesting. And the article made point of that as well, that there wasn't, like a, a good logical explanation. They kind of danced around it. And there's another quote, many of the same benefits that come with the senior fare product are just as easily achieved with want to get away fares, including everyday low fares and reusable funds should a customer cancel their trip. So I was trying to see differences in the two and I was having a hard time getting actual layouts, like kind of like a, a checkbox mm-hmm. list, you know? But the, the the article made made a point that Southwest also had the most planes affected, or excuse me, one of the top number of planes affected by the Boeing 737 MAX that had to be grounded. So they had 34 planes they had to ground, which was 10 more than American Airlines and 20 more than United. So there could be the implication that they're making small cuts for some cash purposes until they bounce back from that. And mm. maybe, I mean, I'm speculating, maybe after that they would reinstate. Who knows? But there is that implication. Huh. So This is interesting. Yeah. So it's like, man, you're going to, if if the goal is to save money, is this really costing you that much? Yeah. Throughout every part of the business, is this costing the most? I would just be curious to see those types of percentages of if you cut this, how much would it save? Or is it a spit in, spit in the bucket compared to having to ground 34 planes? Mm. Like what's the weight of it against grounding 34 planes? Mm. I've got I've got a theory why they might be doing this. Hit I don't me. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. Yeah. Maybe the the age group, 65 and older, maybe there's just less of them mm. now. Okay. Because, like, what, they were probably doing this in the first place just because the baby boomer generation. They probably had a lot of people in the age group flying so they could afford, like, they had, I mean, their supply was great so they could afford to do discounts. But, like, in, like, economics, when supply goes down, the price goes up. So I feel like maybe since they don't have, like, as many many people or maybe the, the baby boomer generation is kind of dying off and don't fly as much, mm. they're, like, losing money by offering discounts to an age group that they're not giving a lot of volume of business anyway. I, I, I don't know. That's that. a theory. I didn't even read that, but. 
I could jive with that though. But maybe they're just having, I don't know, maybe they're having troubles in other areas too. Yeah. But because what is the baby boomer generation? How old are they right now? Are, are they starting to, I mean, that, that age group starting to die off now, right? Technically. Man, I always forget the exact ages of, of those generations. It's got to be, I feel things. like. I think it's close. What are our parents? The one after, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel, yeah, like so, like the people who are starting to turn yeah, 65 you, now, it's not the baby boomer generation anymore. So there's yeah. less of them. So not that my parents are 65. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think that baby boomer generation is just getting older. Mm-hmm. Now they're on the higher end of, of that spectrum, perhaps. And they're probably like, their profitability is probably like going down because the they're offering like they're just they're offering discounts to not that many people mm. and they're not making a lot of money off of yeah. it. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. But does anybody else do this? That I don't know. Mm. I would think because think about how competitive it is. You'd have to have some type of of discount deal, program, membership, something or yeah. another. Every airline has memberships of certain types. Mm-hmm. And the more you fly, the more X, Y, Z you get or what have you. So I would think most airlines have something similar mm-hmm. in some form or another. Yeah. Everyone's got their perks. It's just what's conducive to your lifestyle, yeah. I think. But I love flying Southwest. Mm-hmm. Also, I had great experience with United. I, I saw think- when I was growing up, I saw the most commer- Southwest had the most commercials, it seemed like. Mm. More memorable commercials. They're they're good at marketing. I remember the old ATA uh, airline commercials. ATA, you're on vacation. <laughs> you remember those? No, no. But it sounds yeah. good. Yeah, I guess you got, a, you got a great voice. Hey, thanks, man. It's a little nasally. It's a little nasally, Tim. <laughs> the damn oh. temperature drop. Yeah, temperature dropped about twenty degrees overnight. So I'm a little stuffed up. <laughs> but I don't think you can really tell much of a difference. I think it's coming through okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no. That's uh, interesting, though. They, did they just announce that this week or last week? Uh, I Yeah, I think mm. within the last week. Or, yeah, within the last week. But uh, I just read that a couple days ago. So I was, yeah, because I'm a, I'm a big fan of Southwest. I think I've flown American a few times. Mm-hmm. But more United and, and Southwest. Great experiences. Yeah. But yeah, maybe that's a good point that you had that. Maybe there's just less of them and so less of that being utilized. Mm-hmm. And it's costing enough to warrant them to make the decision. Yeah. I like that. I like that speculation. What else you got? Uh, yeah. Hit so, me again. So I'll talk about three recession-proof stocks to buy right now. So I'm not going to sit up here and, and act like I know when a recession is going to hit. But I, I know a lot of people are talking about just the possibility of it happening fa- fairly soon. Just yeah. historical, like th- like history repeats itself. So people seem to think it's happening soon. So I just wanted to, it, this was an article in The Motley Fool. I'll post, when I post the show notes to this episode, uh, we'll tag the author. I didn't write down the author's name, but um, just talk, in case, like if you're someone who buys and sells stocks or, has money in ETFs or pays attention to the stock market. I just want to give you three options that you can buy during the recession that seem to are, are not going to decline or you're going to make money off these investments during the recession. 
Because if you're investing in the stock market as a whole, recession hits, you're going to lose money, obviously. So people are starting to really study and take a look at what are some good options that you can invest in while it's going on so you don't lose money. Um, so I'm just going to gr- like briefly recap these three. So first one is called Brookfield in- Infrastructure. So it's a, bu- it's a business that buys other business. They're an acquisition business. They buy businesses with earnings backed by long-term contracts or businesses that operate under a regu- regulatory framework like utility, like oil companies, companies that have like long-term government contracts for like commodities that we need. Okay. So this business buys businesses that do that. They're an acquisition company, publicly traded. So they focus on businesses that have stable cash flow. Uh, 95% of the company's cash flow comes from stable sources. So the recession won't have effect on this. Because we still need resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's what one a genius business. Yeah. Jeez. Because like it's it's things we it's things we need. Like obviously like, and especially when you have like contracts that are like long term contracts, so you're gonna have like steady like regular income coming in. Yeah. And ones that are like regulatory contracts you have to have. So like it's not like for rest recession hits they're gonna get rid of them. Right. So. The other one is Terraform Power. So they're an owner and operator of like best-in-class renewable resources portfolios, including like solar and wind assets primarily in the U.S. So an energy company. And it sells the majority of of the power it produces under long-term fixed-rate contracts to high-quality customers. So 95% of their revenue is under uh, the same model as the one before, long-term contracts. They generate steady cash flow in both good and bad markets, and they have no debt maturities until 2022. So a company that has like a like a five to eight percent dividend each year. Mm-hmm. Most companies are around like one to three percent. Anything above four is really really good. A dividend to its five investors. Eight, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yep. And the last one, Enbridge, which is a Canadian oil pipeline giant. So just like the other two, they have long-term contracts for their customers and regulatory frameworks that backs 98% of the country's earnings. So, and it uses over 60% of its cash flow to pay a 6% dividend. So still just that five to eight. Yeah. So just if you like, I don't want to get too deep into it. I don't want to like get too nerdy with it, but Brookfield infrastructure Terraform Power and Enbridge, E-N-B-R-I-D-G-E. So three stocks that you can take a look at if you buy and sell stocks or hold stocks for the long term to buy when a recession hits. They're not, they won't decline during the recession. That's some damn good advice there, Tim. <laughs> and what you said, your uh, your finder's fee was 5% mm-hmm. on, yep, on yep. ROI? Yep. Okay. Okay. So whatever you get back, Tim's got 5% finder's fee. Yep. Okay, I'm, I'm, I just wanted to make sure that people heard that because <laughs> I don't know if everyone heard that when you first started. Right. So just yeah, good disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. So send send me a DM if you decide to do these. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna take a look at these further, and I'm I will be investing in these when a recession hits. Yeah, I or companies like this. I'm gonna keep eyes on this, and God, I have a list of a few others. I'll have to check my phone. Uh, for next time, but I keep a list of a few that I want to when they do IPO. So I have some of those too mm-hmm. that I think will do well. But I will also watch the ones going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Just like, wait. 
Wait, yeah, you want like for the ones that go down, you want to wait till they go all the way down, mm-hmm. hit rock bottom, and then buy them. Yep. But like, if you're one of those like conservative investors that's like afraid of like risk and stuff, these like three companies look for companies that like we said, they like take care of a commodity like an energy source, oil, something that like the world is always going to need. A necessity, yeah. Yeah, and ones that are backed by like government contracts that are going to be long term and fixed and always going to be there no matter what. Right. So. Just quick advice there. Thought it was interesting. I like to sprinkle in some finance advice in this show. Ooh, so. Nice, nice verb there. Sprinkle a little dash. I like to sprinkle in just a dash. <laughs> so yeah, blend of herbs and spices. We will also put the links to those companies in the show notes for you guys. So, what else do you got, sir? So I saw, you know, I'm all about the food, mm-hmm. forever and always. An article about best diet to reduce cancer risks according to an oncologist. So someone who studies cancer and, and, and treatments and things. So I'm going to butcher this name. Uh, MD Adil Akhtar? Maybe? Okay. Question mark? Maybe. We'll put the name. Yeah. In the- Chief of Division of Palliative and End-of-Life Care at Michigan Health Professionals and Director of Inpatient Clinical Services at Carmanos McLaren Oakland Cancer Center. So this was centered around using food to help prevent or or maybe if you have a type of cancer, making sure you have these types of foods introduced properly. So not going off the walls, but it emphasized a well-balanced diet. And this is simple too. What you're about to go into, I was reading through your list. It's simple. Simpler than that, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, yeah. So having well-balanced, ba- well uh, lots of fruits and veggies, have a little more fruits and veggies than maybe the protein, but you still want good protein sources. Um, limit your sugar and alcohol, so major ones there. Uh, you process carbs, lots of things out of bags and boxes. So watch those things. Like the things that we all know, you know, uh, a lot of junk not on the outside of the grocery store. Mm-hmm. So you want well-balanced, but heavier with fruits and veggies, things like that, good fiber sources. So broccoli, cauliflower, uh, those types of veggies contain um, a phytochemical that can help reduce risk of stomach, breast, skin, esophageal, mouth, and pharyngeal cancers. Um, And that one's called sulforaphane. I'm not as familiar with, with all the science behind those, but that was according to this article. So that's broccoli, cauliflower, uh, those types of veggies. Berries have antioxidants, also a good source of fiber, uh, but the antioxidants can counteract or reduce and repair damage to cells. Mm-hmm. So good to implement those. Yeah. Orange fruits and veggies uh, also have antioxidants that help protect the cell membranes from damage. Uh, red fruits and veggies like tomatoes, peppers, etc., cetera, uh, thought to be associated with reduced risk of prostate cancer. Mm. Um, mm. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, grapes contain high levels of uh, resveratrol, another antioxidant found to reduce inflammation. And garlic can help reduce risk of colon cancer uh, via some sulfides, which inhibit tumor formation and cell growth. So just a few quick things there. Well-balanced diet, good fruits and veggies, lots of different colors. Um, It did refer to whole grains and things like that. Uh, I try to stay away from anything that could have any weed or or 
grain, gluten, stuff like that. Personally, if you feel okay on it, you know, don't have issues with it, okay, fine. Uh, but it made mention of that too. So, okay. Side note, but not as like carbs are not necessary to live. Right. So especially, especially when you're fighting something, you know, the less things that will feed cancer cells, the better. So carbs, also a sugar, you want to limit your sugar, your alcohol. If you smoke, obviously get rid of that as well. Mm -hmm. So get rid of the things that will feed it. Yeah. Do the things that will attack, fight and starve it. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was uh, pretty sweet because you don't hear a lot of like MDs or maybe it's it's more prevalent now, but historically, you don't hear a lot of MDs resorting to good nutrition and good diet. You know, you always hear the, unfortunately, unfortunately, you hear more of the, you know, the prescription med stories. But, so that's why this really caught my eye. I was excited that people, more doctors and people in the um, medical spaces are resorting to food. Yeah. Because I truly think that it is the medicine of the future. Mm -hmm. We just, it's a maze. Food is such a maze. And yes, I'm not saying to get rid of all medications. We do need Western medicine still. Uh, it's It can do marvelous things, but diet can help more than people give it credit for. Yeah. I'm glad we got rid of that damn food pyramid. Yes. <laughs> Miserable. Why are, Why were grains the, the biggest thing on there? Well, I, I guess to the play advocate on that, you don't know what you don't know. So mm -hmm. you think that's part of... Because we have it, let's incorporate it, and it can help us here and here, but maybe we just didn't know the other side effects of it. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Or we're trying to fuel industries. You never know. True. And yeah, I, I, this list is really good because, I mean, the health equation, longevity health is equal to nutrients over calories. All these have a lot of nu good nutrients in them, and they're not going to rack up your calorie account account for the day. Is that like eat to live? Yeah. They're uh, going to yeah, they're, they're make you whole. Like, and fiber. Fiber is a good kind of F word. Like it's like, like the amount of fiber you intake in your life is going to be reflective of how long you live. Like find, find the fiber. I'm not saying like, like ingest yourself a fiber 24 seven. Right. But like you should always be going for a good amount of fiber in every meal. Sure. Like, that, and that's amazing. Yeah, like, and the berries, too. If you go to your local Kroger, there's always a good deal on berries. Two two for $5 or less, whether it's either raspberries, blackberries, or blueberries. You're always yeah. going to be able to find a good deal on berries at and, the store. And if you can't afford, like, the organic things of stuff like that, where it doesn't have a hard shell or skin like a banana or an avocado, don't have to worry about buying those organic. They're well protected. Mm -hmm. But if it's like, man, berries, like, organic, quote-unquote, are two three dollars more kind of on a budget fine buy the other ones just make sure you rinse them for oh, like yeah. at least a minute or two yeah because there is dirt and and chemicals and things on there germs just bacteria so it takes a good rinsing mm -hmm. i'm guilty of doing a quick rinse and just down the hatch mm -hmm. blackberries and raspberries just <sighs> berries in general so oh, good. man apples just god oh. So Love good. me some good fruits and veggies, man. Oh, yeah. Baby. Woo. <laughs> um, but, oh, can't forget about the raspberry that Justin Timberlake started. Put a raspberry. No, 
blueberry in a raspberry. Mm. It's a brassberry. Oh. Yeah, it gets you, you some. You know what else I heard? Snozberries taste like snozberries. <laughs> I also heard that through the grapevine. No pun intended. Through the grapevine. Oh, man. That was well played, sir. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was super pumped uh, to see just more uh, pretty good advice on well-balanced diet, but was able to tailor it and support it using how it can help with cancer, mm-hmm. which is awesome, too. So. Yeah, jacked me up. Good. All about the food, boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about some RLEs? Let's get into them. Yeah, I started a new job, man. Yeah, you did. And it's a good yes. one, too. It's, it's literally, it's, it's pinning in on my passions. We still got the writing gig going. I'm still writing articles on the side. I'm still doing people's resumes for them. But like my full-time job, I've transitioned from an outside sales role into a marketing role. More mm. of like an, dealing with, with external people, external customers, but also dealing with internal people as well. So I'm, I'm a marketing coordinator for a, uh, the marketing coordinator. There's only one of me. The. For, yeah, for, There's only one of me. Yeah. Let's get that shit straight. <laughs> it's for a real estate management company called Stone Creek. Okay. So they, uh, they manage over 20 different apartment complexes across uh, Kansas, Missouri, Illinois, Indiana, North Carolina. They do like like higher end, like luxury apartments. They do student communities at universities. And I'm pretty much charged of branding across their social media profiles, their online presence, managing the reviews, uh, partnering up with like businesses to advertise Stone Creek through other businesses. Uh, but I'm also in charge of like employee engagement, like dealing mm. with the internal people, going around and talking to, to different people, different apartment complexes as to what challenges they're facing, pretty much helping them do their job better. And it's, I love this job because it's, it's what I love to do, social media, and I, I love to like help businesses brand, and I help to love like our podcast brand too. Yeah. So like, it's it's good to like do it with a company that like is re- like treats its employees really well, and I get to like travel and see some places too because I get to travel around. So okay. It's not one of those jobs where I'm like in like at a desk all day either. Like it's a job where yeah. I'm like literally somewhere some that. somewhere different every day. So that's cool. Which I know you like being mobile. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I am for this job, and it's and it's great. I can, I mean, I can see you smile, but you can hear you smile through your voice, like yeah. the way you talk about it. So, dude, I'm super jacked up for you, man. Yeah, that's cool. Congratulations. Thank you. That's cool. I'm happy to. I'm happy to start. So, and I'm gonna be learning a lot of stuff that like between this podcast and there, the like ideas that can bounce off each other and help me. Oh yeah. Do each of them better. So, and I think like I want to credit this podcast too, and like working with you. I think increase my chances to get the job too because mm. I don't have I mean I have sales experience but I don't have any like pure marketing experience but what we've been doing with this podcast has been marketing in a way yeah like branding our, our profile like talking to people and yeah it's been, it's been good man I, t- I, t- I spoke a lot on this and when I applied for the job so dude it is so funny just how everything comes around mm-hmm. so we started the podcast because we hated where we were in life. We had some messages to say, thought we could deliver it well and do it differently and better and create something big. We had other jobs that we enjoyed. Um, it didn't work out with, with you and Wildman. And now our original just passion side hustle that we're trying to blow up really has launched you into another full-time career. Mm-hmm. 
this is going to be something that I, I can or hel- helped you uh, with that. Yeah. Build a foundation on and yeah, it's cool, man. And it, and like took pure passion, man. It's not like I'm going out and like chasing something like chasing money. Yeah. Like, it's, it wasn't like anything close to that. Yeah. It's something that like I'm going to purely enjoy doing and it's going to give me like skills and, and ideas that are going to allow me to help me in other areas of life. So right. it's cool, man. But that's why you do the stock tips for the money, the 5%. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that, that finder's fee. Yeah, that, that's a separate story. Yeah. So yep. that's why you have that. Yeah. You got, you got to level it out. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's, it just, dare I say it, all good things come from the podcast. Mm-hmm. It, it, it certainly has seemed that way. Like it. Not seem is. Yeah. I, I can't think of any negatives that have come from. Mm-hmm. From it. it has enhanced a lot of areas for both of us. Yeah. Oh, man. It's taught us to be patient, that's for sure. The world is funny, man. Yeah. The world is fucking funny. The universe is crazy. Yes, sir. So I, I need to give a lot of credit to Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, yeah. This last week. Um, Probably the smartest thing I heard last week. Yeah, in a long time. And Everybody needs to hear it. Yeah, so if, if you did not see it, sometimes I miss big... Uh, hot ticket items too. I also like living under a rock at times. Um, Ellen DeGeneres was hanging out with uh, George W. Bush in a in box seats in in a suite. I forget what game. Cowboys and was it Packers? Is that who it was? Packers Cowboys. Yep. Okay. In Dallas. And <laughs> in Dallas. There where, we are. Where, where George Bush is. Tip from. of the tongue, teeth in the lips. How now, brown cow town? Uh, uh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I was in Dallas where yeah. George Washington, or so, George, George Bush is from Texas. Yeah, and she made the joke that, you know, wouldn't it happen that everyone in the suite was rooting for Dallas and she was a Packers fan. So um, she lightened it up and then said how she's actually friends with George Bush and had to put, I think she had to put her cheese head in like his wife's purse or something like that or bag. I don't know. Made made a, a joke and she's like, We we've been friends and, and we enjoy each other's company and we have different views and opinions and we're still friends. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, I say be kind to everyone and that doesn't just limit you to the people that have the same viewpoints as you. She goes, You need to be kind to everyone, especially that don't have the same thoughts and opinions and views that you do. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what's it going to take for everyone to get on board with that? Like, Just because we have a different belief doesn't mean that we're our own type of infidel, but that's what we see now. And so I was super jacked up when when I saw this. And because I saw, of course, it shows before the, like, Instagram TV starts, the video, it'll show some part of the video, the juicy shot to get you in. Mm-hmm. And it's them two sitting side by side laughing. Yep. Looking so, at something on her phone. So it reels yeah. you in and it's like, oh man, what's about to go down? And it's the most positive thing that's happened in weeks. And it's like more of that. Let's do more of that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, tolerance and acceptance are very different things. You might tolerate something but not accept it. Like, you know, a religious belief. You tolerate someone else having a different belief, you just don't accept it. Fine, mm-hmm. you're not doing harm to anyone. Mm-hmm. They're not doing harm to you because they believe something different. So I just thought that was super cool of her to to fuel that message. And just like, hey, 
kind to everyone, mm -hmm. especially those that don't agree with, with what you think. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, it's not like you're going to get sick because you have a difference mm -hmm. of opinion. Yeah. You're not going to die because someone thinks differently than you do. Mm -hmm. So it's like... And, like, it's just funny how, like, politics tears so many people apart. But even though, like, every, like, political party, political view... I mean, they, they're different from each other. We're all like, we, we really all do want the same thing in life. We want to we live a great life. We want to help other people. We want to be successful. And we want to see other people be successful. Isn't it amazing? Like, everyone really wants the same thing. Yeah. But like, we're all just taking a different like path to get there. Right. But you should never like diss someone or like have hatred towards someone because they want to get there in a different way. Yeah. It's just, doesn't have to be like that. I'm really glad she said that, man. Because. Yeah. Like. That was huge. Yeah, you should be friends with everybody. Right. So, yeah, no, I, I was super jacked up. So, go Ellen. Yeah. Thank, thank you for the, the positivity and fueling the right fire. That's, it, that's fighting the good fight. Yeah. One thing she said that was funny, I watched that monologue. She's like, you guys are focused on me sitting next to George Bush. She's like, did you see my new iPhone? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Boy, forgot uh, she did say that. Freaking hilarious. <laughs> Three cameras, man. Yeah. <laughs> You could you you could use one. You need one camera. Fuck you, <laughs> dude. Nah, nah, nah. It's it's good. Your camera's good. Your no, camera's it's good. not. I peeled part of the screen protector off the that part of the camera, but I need to clean the other side. So I ha I have wipes that I can use on like screens and computers and phones. So I'll use that. I just haven't done it. Mm. But no, good. To, that's good feedback though. Good to know. Yeah. yeah. That the visual is lacking. We want any and all feedback. Because I am a stickler on audio quality and should be a stickler on all quality. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Good. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to take us right into book talk. Yes, please do. Let's get down and nerdy with it. Uh, on the day, on your life, Aubrey Marcus. Um, talking about getting owned and how to own getting owned. So... Something that we we've discussed before, being in situations whether it's you know your job or or personal, um, trying to change the mindset of that and making peace with that situation. So let's take an easy one. You have a job that you don't like. Earlier we talked about using your current job to fund your side hustle. So one thing that I remember I did once I realized I was leaving my last job was okay. This is short term. I'm not here forever. I'm not here. I'm not a lifer. And this is my other path. I just need to use this to make my side thing better. So if the side thing is going to become your full thing, full time thing, it just has to be able to replace your living wage before you make that jump. But that's one easy way. Well, not easy. One way to mentally kind of shift like, all right, I'm going to use this to fuel what I really love to do. And when I get home from this job, and I'm, I'm going to give what I have to, and that's it. Then I give all my extra to what I want. And then you just keep fueling that. Keep fueling that. Like when we talked with about CrossNet, um, they, oh, what's his name? But he, he was the accountant and did the CrossNet work on the train ride home and then till 11. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. Yep. And now that's their full time it's passion. And they're projected what two million in in year two. Mm -hmm. 
I yeah. think so. Yeah. I think that's what it is. That. We'll find out more when we interview them because we're interviewing them. Bang, bang. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. Should be released next week, hopefully. Um, And, and so just finding ways to, to shift it. Mm-hmm. How can you make your own peace with it? Mm-hmm. What do you have to tell yourself? What What situation do you have to create or environment? How do you make the shift of, okay, this is not who I am. This does not identify me this is a stepping stone in my life and career and this is why i had to go here Mm -hmm. to make sure that i didn't want that now i know where to go so i'll use this to fuel where i need to go until i can leave but it, it was yeah owning it but owning when you're getting owned so and he had a similar Aubrey Marcus had a similar story of working in a place that he just disrespected and and just not given the time of day, but he was good at what he did. Mm-hmm. But using it to fuel his side hustle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I just I really liked it because it's something you and I have had to do and kind of figure out, and it's it's tough. But once you can make that shift of okay, I have peace with this now. You don't wake up feeling miserable right away. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. good. I like that. Yeah, really digging this book. R- really, really good stuff. So, what you got? Yeah, so I've been reading a book by Grant Cardone called Sell or Be Sold. Okay. And he's, he makes it very clear it's not just for salespeople because we are selling every day of our life, we're selling ourselves, we're selling ideas. Uh huh. We're, we're, I mean, whether we're selling a product to someone, we're selling people on, hey, take time out of your day to talk with me or listen to me. Like, you're always convincing people of something. Um, and he talks about price is never the issue for buyers or people that you're trying to persuade. It's, it's a matter of does, the, does what you're talking about provide a valuable solution for them? And he says it's not price, it's love and confidence. He Ooh. says people will give their right arm for love. And they'll give their last dollar for a real solution. Confidence that what you provide is a real solution. And I try to like, I'm trying to picture this to just, or relate this to our, our podcast and like, like meeting with people is like make people confident that their investment of time in you is going to be worth, worth it and a solution for them in the process. Whether that's spreading their story, taking what they've learned in their life and broadcasting it to a new audience that may not have heard it before, uh, giving a platform to help others, making their life easier or making their life happier. I just thought that, yeah, this like, it's not like, a like, cause it's not always about money. It's not always about taking time out of their day. It's about love and confidence. So I just thought that was interesting. I like that. Cause we have, we, I think you posted a quote on, on our Instagram last week. Uh, people buy you before their product. Oh yeah, so, something along the people lines buy, of people buy you, then they buy your vision. Yes, yeah, that's it. And so I, I thought of that when you were talking about this from Grant Cardone. And so people need to trust you. They trust you, then they trust that you're not bullshitting them. Mm-hmm. That you're not selling them a bad product or service. So that's. You know, that's your own ethical prerogative. Mm-hmm. But 
yeah, you get them to trust you, which is, is tough on just a first meeting, maybe two, or, or maybe it's the first time and you got to sell the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But getting that, I think, just comes from your authenticity. Like people know when they're getting jerked around mm -hmm. and they know when you're just, you know, you're giving it to them straight and from like, hey, yeah, we, we can really help you here. Mm -hmm. Or the opposite. I don't think this is really exactly what we can do for you. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the love and confidence, that's huge. Yeah. And it's, I just, I, I want to make sure people know, like he says, price is never the issue, but like time is money. So like whether it's convincing someone to give you money or it's convincing someone to give you time that could be spent making money or doing something they like, like, Make sure like the product you're offering solves a solution is worth their money. Make sure the conversation you're going to have with someone, whether it's a conversation for a podcast, whether it's a networking conversation, whether it's a conversation that's going to set up a purchase in the future, make sure it's, it's worth their time. Yeah. And it's, it's going to give them some type of insight or make their life easier or allow them to be successful and make money in their own ventures. Yeah. In some way. So yeah. just thought that was interesting. I like that. I think we can wrap it up on that. Yes, sir. Dude. Nice I'm good. little bow tie. I'm good. All right, everyone. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in, hanging with us. Uh, we really do appreciate your time and attention. If you could, please just give us a couple more minutes of that. Uh, head over to iTunes at Off The Dome Radio. Leave us a five-star rating and review. DM us on Instagram. Let us know you did so. Give us a good mailing address, your name, and we will send a free laptop sticker out to you ASAP. Thank you so much again, and until next time.